Our scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of Luke. We have been in the Gospel of Luke uh, for a number of weeks, and, and the ministry continues. Jesus is speaking, and he's interrupted by someone in the crowd who, probably not hearing what Jesus has been talking about, asked him a money matter. My brother has received the inheritance from my dad, and, and he should be sharing it with me. Jesus, do something about this. Jesus puts it into context. 12th chapter, 13th verse. One of the multitude said to him, Teacher, bid my brother divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of all covetousness, for man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable. The land of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool. This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. This is the word of the Lord. So the clock in the back of the room is still not working. <laughs> so my wife has instructions when it's time to quit preaching so we have time for communion. She's to do this. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell you that so you didn't think she just had it with me. <laughs> You've just heard the scripture. You've heard the story of the rich man who built larger barns. Let me begin by asking you, how many of you remember that song about a magic penny? Love is like a magic penny. Hold it tight and you won't have any. Give it away, you'll have so many. They'll fall all over the floor. I told Carol before the service I was going to sing it, but I changed my mind. <laughs> but love is like a magic penny. Our scripture today reminds us of the overall theme, to seek God first and the kingdom of God. And then all the other things will be added unto you. Let me begin with this. In the book, The Life, The Principles of Life and Leadership by General George S. Patton Jr. He writes that he used simple things, uh, stories and examples,
to teach his leading um, subordinates. And, and here's what he would do. In his book, he says this. For a commanding general, the most important thing that you do is to pick the leaders who would, who would work with you. So when there was a need for a new leader in a certain area under his command, he would uh, pick the, say, 10 candidates for that leader, leadership position, and he would have them come and stand in front of him, uh, all 10. And he would do something like this. He would say to them, go behind the shed over there, and I need you working together to build um, a trench, dig a trench that's eight foot long, three feet wide, and six inches deep. Now work together. And as they were walking to where they were to, to be, uh, Patton would sneak off into a place where he would not be seen, but close enough to where he could hear and see what they were doing. And they would go back behind the shed, and, and this is one instance that he describes. One man got up first and said, this makes no sense to me. Eight feet long, three feet wide, six inches deep. That's not big enough for any artillery, any military purpose. I don't understand it. It, I, I, it makes no sense. And, and the, those who were ranked a lieutenant or higher often would do this. Why would he ask us to dig a ditch? There are men who can do this. We shouldn't be out here digging ditches. And as they went one at a time talking about the ditch, he waited for this one. And inevitably, this one would surface. The man who would come up and say, I don't know why he wants us to dig a ditch, but he wants that ditch. Let's dig it and be done with it. And Patton would select that man to be the leader, the one who would follow, the one who would make decisions later, but follow the direction, a simple instruction given by the one in charge. In scripture, we have a lot of parables. Today, we have another. A parable, according to the dictionary, is a succinct and didactic story. It could be a prose or a verse. It's simply a tool to give instruction from one person to another, a teaching instrument. And that's what a parable is. Sometimes we get all worked up by the parables in the Bible, and we either like them or we don't like them and feel that they're fair or not fair. Uh, they're not about real people. It's a teaching instrument. Jesus was interrupted by a man who raised the question, will you help me handle this financial matter and this dispute with my brother? Obviously, the man was missing the point of what Jesus was teaching and how Jesus was leading. There are times when stories in the Bible don't seem to make sense to me. Every time I preach about Martha and Mary, Debbie reminds me that that's a story that's hard for her to wrap her mind about because she's the kind of person who'll be in the kitchen cooking dinner. And in the story, Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet listening, but Martha's doing all the work. 
We have a lot of Marthas in this church. This story sort of does the same thing to us, this parable, because we look at it and it seems like this guy's doing all the right things. He's successful. Look at he's He's so successful, his barns are full. Isn't that a good thing? He has to tear down his barns and big, build bigger ones. Isn't that a good thing? We live in a country that teaches the value of work and productivity. And, and the Bible teaches that too, the importance of work and responsibility. In some cultures, the story is easy to understand, a little harder for us in the good old United States of America because we have a history that includes our forefathers teaching us about the value of building bigger barns. Wasn't it Ben Franklin who said, time is money. To use one's time to earn money was a thing of great value. Ben Franklin also said this, if you could use your time to earn five shillings over a certain period of time, you ought to do that. Now, if you decide to rest or spend your time doing something else, you, you not only have lost the, the five shillings you could have earned, but it's like reaching into your pocket and taking five shillings and throwing them out into the ocean. That's pretty hardcore teaching by Ben Franklin and the thinking of our forefathers. Max Weber in his book, The Protestant Work Ethic and the, the Spirit of Capitalism, uh, describes that history. Describes that even in the churches, um, that, that type of thought was being declared. John Calvin, way back, once said about his pastors that he sometimes would select pastors who were the richest in the congregation because they had the most prestige and maybe people would listen to them. Now Weber in his book said some of the more established churches had that same philosophy, which included Presbyterians and Congregationalists and even Methodists. That is, sometimes it was in the smaller sects, S-E-C-T-S or, or churches, sometimes independent Baptist churches, where people learned more of a, a self-discipline and, and the gift of uh, having less. But overall, what was taught and learned in this country is to work hard in order to obtain more. In our parable, in the scripture, Jesus is saying there's more to that. How? Here's how. This parable, more than any other parable in the New Testament, uses the word I, me, and mine the most. This is a parable that's looking at the self. For the man in the story is thinking only about himself, is he not? He has accumulated a lot of things. How will he save these things for himself? He will build bigger barns. Then he will be able to eat, drink, and be merry the rest of his life. There's a story of a 
little boy who was in school and he was learning about the parts of speech and he had learned about uh, uh, possessive pronouns and he was learning about other things. And one time the teacher had him stand up and he said, uh, and said to him, what part of speech is my and mine? And he said, uh, those would be aggressive pronouns <laughs> rather than possessive pronouns. <laughs> but a theologian took that, I read, where he said, maybe the little boy had it right. When the focus is on I or me and mine, uh, it's, it's aggressively taking care of one's self. Jesus spoke to all people in this parable. In this parable, he spoke to the rich in reminding them of the importance of including God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Love is like a magic penny. But he also spoke to the reality that there were many people there who did not have financially have the resources that the others did. And Jesus spoke to them about trust and anxiety and worship. And, and uh, trust, um, anxiety and worry. Uh, and so Jesus had that ability to speak to both. I think church leaders and churches need to do that. When we have the powwow program here, when Liz, when you and your committee organize that, and we bring in food here that has been rescued, food that uh, the grocery stores uh, could not sell. It was food in abundance. And in the old days, they just threw it away at the dump. Uh, the, the various organizations rescue this food and then make them available to communities like ours through churches. And, and people are helped in this way. There are people who take advantage of our program from our church who perhaps don't need that. They are able to buy the food they need, but many people come to support the program. They pay their $12 and get their 70 pounds of food. And with 70 pounds, 70 pounds is a whole lot of cucumbers and squash and radishes and, and people here. I hear people all the time say, I am going to share these with my neighbors. I'm, I have way more than I ever used. Debbie and I do that. When, when I come home with this food, uh, uh, Nico's family gets some. Uh, Megan was taking some back to the, the dorms where other students could use it. There's, there's that attitude of sharing and, and giving that comes. But we also know there are people in our community among us who live on fixed incomes. And a program like this helps here in our own neighborhood. A program like that helps to make food available to folks that need food. Jesus spoke to the haves and the have-nots. Our ministry in the church is the same way. I heard a story about a young man and an old man and, and the young man was plotting out his life and the old man was sitting and talking to him and, and the, old man, the, the young man said this, well, I am gonna go out 
and learn a trade. I'm going to go out and determine what I will be doing in life. And the old man said, then? And, and the young man went on to say, I will set up my business. And the older man said, and then? And the younger man said, well, um, then I will make my fortune. And then? Well, then I, I will have so much I'll be able to retire. And then? Well, I suppose at some point I'm going to die. And then? The cutting part of that conversation was the reminder that God needs to be included. In Pastors Academy, we just finished the book Nearing Home by Billy Graham, and Billy Graham lifts, lifts up. <laughs> Billy Graham lifts up the fact that our treasures are beyond those which we build up on this earth. He talks about the, the retirement home that he had and what he was looking forward to doing in retirement and so forth. But he always talks about the treasures that we have built up in heaven. The Spanish have a, a uh, saying, and I'll close with this. The Spanish have a saying that says this. There are no pockets in shrouds. There are no pockets. Let us build up our treasures, which last for an eternity. And let us use our wealth and possessions here to help others who need that help. Jesus spoke to both. Our ministry is to both, to all. Amen. Amen.